You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It. The show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed. The show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed. And the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment. Yeah. You can find and say, well, you gotta love it. This, oh, before I get into the episode, it's been been a while. My name is Koji. I am a, I don't know, what am I? Part-time fidget spinner. Full-time podcaster. Sort of. <laughs> now, got a lot of shows, as you guys might have noticed. Go to podcast.buns.com. Check it out. Uh, and with me, as always, is my good friend. Except for last time. And Japanese man. Uh, with me once again. Mm. Yeah, that's even better. Is my good friend and Japanese man, Andrew Patterson. Sorry. 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 How, how was, uh, uh-huh. how was Sorry. Japan? Uh, it's the best place. Yeah, it's the best place. Had a great time. Uh, It's like too much to summarize here, but I did feel like everything was legitimately awesome. Bought a lot of records, Mm -hmm. ate a lot of good food, met some cool people, um, and just saw a lot of beautiful Japan. You're doing it right. You're doing it right. I mean, yeah. You're doing it right. It's it is there's some like interesting opposites, I'll say. You know, right. but uh, it's great. I just had an f- amazing time. Still kind of recovering. Like I feel like my sleep schedule is back to normal, but I'll just occasionally be hit by like a, you know, like a sort of rogue wave of exhaustion, streak of yeah, like yeah. fatigue, just kind of out of nowhere, or feel like I'm dreaming. But sure. I'm clearly conscious. Just uh, our flight back registered as five hours on the clock. Like left 3 p.m. Tuesday, arrive 8 p.m. Tuesday. But we were like in transit for like 25 hours. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. One sec. Yeah. So movies this week are the hidden gem of Dirk Gently Holistic Detective, which I guess is more of a TV show, Netflix original. Yep. And the Gotta Love It was a very true You Gotta Love It called mm. My Boss's Daughter. 2003 Ashton Kutcher vehicle. Yes. He's not the only one, though. No. But do, so, Star, sorry, star wait, studded we start, cast. We start with the good. We start yeah. with the. We start gem. with the hidden gem. So, the hidden gem this week is, like Eerie I said, Indiana. Yeah. Dirk Gently, Holistic Detective. And we'll get to that in a second, actually. But. Uh, I don't even know how to describe the show. It's uh, Elijah Wood as a sort of everyman down on his luck type character who gets embroiled into this weird... Insane. Insane. Fucking series of events. Yeah. It's not like a murder. It's a mystery. It's definitely a mystery. uh, Hence the whole detective agency bit. It's based on Douglas Adams... Yes. Series or just a single book? I'm not sure. It 
has that feel. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, knowing, <laughs> <laughs> knowing going into it that uh, uh, it's a Douglas Adams thing def- definitely uh, helps because uh, if you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're at all familiar with uh, any of his other stuff, Hitchh- Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide yeah. or anything, you kind of have an idea of the sort of feel mm. of this whole thing. Yeah. But like you said at the top, the show kind of reminds me in in like, I don't know, a certain way of Erie, Indiana, which I like. I don't even know how you pulled that out because who like who the fuck even watched that show? I did. It's so. I think a lot of Canadian kids did though, because I feel like that was like on, like YTV or like Global or something like that. Like was it? The, yeah, I think so. I'm not saying like it was like a Canadian produced. I just like I remember it being on pretty consistently. Pretty consistently. Sure. Uh, yeah, it has. It has. Um, oh Jesus brunch man yeah shit uh it has like a uh how i don't even really know how to describe it but like a f- there are other things that are like it that i also love yeah where it's kind of like got fantasy and or sci-fi elements in the real world like um i guess like a very mainstream version would be like a harry potter kind of world where like the world that we exist in is like overlaps a world of like magic or like you know kind of fantastical yeah sort of like mythical stuff i guess so what it what it made me think of is because i haven't read the books or the book uh whatever whichever it may be Mm -hmm. it reminded me of um the like neil gaiman or china maleville uh who are like two authors that i love where it's like uh, you know Again, just like a world where it's like it starts off and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy just like works at a museum or something. But then you realize that there's all of this crazy shit that's fucking like happening that most people are just not on that wavelength. They're not noticing it. Right. And this kind of takes it to an extreme where it's about uh, fucking I don't even like it's so hard to describe. It's just okay. Here's a couple things that I wrote down. First of all, did you ever see the show Eureka? No. About a town where like all the world's best science minds live and make these inventions. And it's kind of like a lighthearted X-Files. No, it sounds great. That's kind of what this reminds me of. But also, do you ever see the movie I Heart Huckabees? Yes. Okay, so this is a more lighthearted, uh, wacky comedy version of I Heart Huckabees. Although I Heart it's Huckabees... It's pretty dark, though. It's, there's some dark shit happening in but, it. But, yeah. Like, so, it's gra- there's graphic, yes. bloody violence. It's there like, is, but it's it's always done in like a very wacky, not wacky like slapstick, but like very almost lighthearted kind of way. Even the the crazy, so that that girl with like the crazy hair who's just like I'm a holistic, holistic assassin, assassin, so wicked, you yeah. know, just kind of like lumbers along or whatever. But she's just like ah, whatever, you know. And yeah, it's like crazy, but at the same time, because oh, everyone has an attitude where they're just like, oh, well, you know, this is just my part in this thing. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem it's not I wouldn't say it was dark. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, sure. But it uh, like it does have a pretty good sense of humor and it doesn't yeah. kind of like his other stuff. It doesn't take itself too seriously. But I do love 
that whole holistic assassin thing. So I'm only a couple episodes in. I don't know. Yeah, how many, I how only watched got. two as well. But um, so one thing that I thought was cool that which is why I drew comparisons to like Neil Gaiman, you know, American Gods, for mm-hmm. example, is like another a much darker. It's less kooky, but it's kind of the same thing where a guy is pulled into a series of events and sort of this world that he didn't know existed. Sure. Uh, or China Melville. China Melville has this like in one of his uh, one of his books, he has this character that has uh, I'm probably going to mix up, but there's like a it's called a possible sword. Oh, you, you, I think you talked about this. One yeah. Before, or you at least told on me the show. About and it this, was yeah. like, um, yeah. So it's called a possible sword. And it essentially the guy using it. It's like you just swing it mm-hmm. and it will strike every possible way that it could strike so like you never know if it's actually gonna um you kind of just have to trust it like you don't necessarily have to aim directly you don't use it like you would a normal weapon and then in another book he had this character that had a rifle that was called uh, uh an averaging gun and oh, yeah. and it was so cool the way it's described it's just very abstract concepts that are almost like philosophical in nature right. where it's just like but uh, attached to like a real device or weapon or like person or character. And you're like, oh, that's such a cool concept. Um, where this averaging gun had like two barrels where the basically the sum, the median of what both barrels being calibrated was yeah. like how it would fire. So like you, would ad- you wouldn't adjust it to hit your target. You would adjust it in different ways. Yeah. Um, and it would all average out in the end. And a lot of those sort of themes and ideas and concepts, I think both of those authors probably drew some inspiration when they created this type of stuff, maybe from uh, from Douglas Adams, because this show is full of that, you know? Like, the the holistic assassin is just like, she, o- she kills almost everybody she meets, but everybody that she meets is, like, meant to die. Like, she just... Yeah, so it's just like, she, she basically explains that by meeting her and the universe letting her kill them is the reason. I mean, that's explanation enough as to why they <clears throat> they have to die. Like, she's just prone to killing people, but she wouldn't kill somebody who didn't need to be killed. Yeah, and, and the re- the reason she knows they need to be killed is because they they've met her, and she's met one character that she hasn't killed. Yeah, for whatever reason, she just. She's like, oh, weird. Like, I just, I didn't kill you. Yeah. I guess you're not supposed to die then. Yeah. And and it's like, yeah, it's stuff. I, I like it because it's presented in a way that's, I think, easily digestible. But there's some pretty, like, lofty conceptual thinking behind the elements in the show. But, yeah, the, so the main character, uh, I don't know if you finished the synopsis, but essentially Elijah Wood goes from having sort of like a very mundane you know, like you said, he's down on his luck and kind of things aren't really going at breaking his way. Mm -hmm. And then he just has one day where all of this weird, seemingly completely unrelated shit happens to him. Um, So much so that it's like impossible to ignore how many strange things happen to him. Right. And then he meets this character named Dirk Gently, who is a holistic detective, which means that he doesn't believe that anything like isn't connected like everything is connected to him even things that are are disconnected are connected right because they are disconnected and so i mean we did a pretty good job of 
describing what the holistic assassin is and the yeah. holistic detective is essentially the antithesis of that yeah where it's just like he knows things are part of the case and connected because he is interacting with them yeah like for whatever reason the universe has decided that he is going to solve this case and everything that comes his way is part of this yeah. case and it's uh it is pretty genius how everything is connected you know mm-hmm. like the like i I was trying to think of how you would write something that seems so intricately <laughs> kind of complex, you know, that has so many moving parts and so many elements where where in something as small as like the time on a microwave. Yeah. Uh, you know, you very quickly in the first episode learn to just pay attention to literally everything that is on the screen. Right. Because you know that there's a very good chance that the most minor detail that you would typically overlook is something that could come back at a later point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also, as you mentioned, quite funny. I had a good laugh. I like I like all the characters that are not kind of in on it, you know? Right. Like the the cops, the, the missing person, the guys from missing persons and the FBI agents that yeah. are just like... Like what the fuck is happening? Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when they're when they are tailing Elijah Wood and they're like, wait a minute, is there a guy tailing the guy that we're tailing being tailed by some other guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Well, I think that that that's what makes the show, uh, you know, it, that's what stops it from being so over the top that it's mm-hmm. like almost unwatchable. Is that there are some people on the show who are just like yeah wait yeah, this doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense yeah. right cuz you you need that because as you're watching it, you're like this is so bizarre that if it was happening in in you know reality which is what they sort of posit their version of reality like any anyone would just be like what the fuck is it like there's that's what stops it from being like an eerie indiana or one of these other shows is because all the characters are like oh it's just like bizarre shit is happening like yeah you know, I guess that's par for the course now. But uh, at least with this show, there's there's some people who are like, like even, refuse. Even Elijah Wood for like the first you know episode and a half, he's yeah. like, just leave me alone. You're crazy. But then eventually, you know, there's just too much for it to be ignored, and he's just like, okay, clearly something is going on here. But yeah, I'm in for sure. I don't know how many episodes. Is it eight episodes? Ten? I think it's. Eight, I think it's eight for the first but, season. But yeah, I, I'm, pretty I think into I, I'm pretty sure it got renewed for season two. So cool, more to come. Uh, shall we move on to the? Uh, okay, before we do that though, I need to ask you about something, Andrew. Mm, okay. Bef- before we move, you made on. me really concerned the way that you phrased that. Oh. the way that you just kind of really uttered it. Yeah. What do you what? What do you need to ask me about? Have you ever heard of this thing called buns? Uh, I have heard of it. Tell <laughs> yeah, me more. Tell you more. Uh, it's a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah. For some, it's a place to find jobs or homes. For others, it's a resource for recommendations or to keep their finger on the pulse of their community. It's also the home of the world's most vibrant bartering network. Overall, buns is a city network connecting you with friends you haven't made yet to get the best of your urban living. And true that. Best of all, it's available at bunz.com or in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. I have it on 
two of those three things. I don't own an iPhone, so. I think that at some point, uh, Andrew and I got pictures drawn of us this weekend. Mm. I might make (laughs) some merchandise with those pictures and put them up for trade on buns, maybe. Great. Great. Yeah. Cool, man. Pretty good. (laughs) Super excited about that. I'm there. I'm (laughs) I'm standing out there in my like tidy whities apparently. Yeah. Striking like a, I don't even know what this pose is. Like a bit of a mailman thing going on. But it's like you're kind of doing like an air, like a thrust. Air thrust. Yeah. 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 Pelvic thrust. Yeah. Pretty Uh, hilarious. It is a pretty hilarious drawing. Yeah, yeah. If you want to know what we're talking about, maybe I'll put up some pictures at podcast.buns.com. That's B-U-N-Z dot com. Uh, click on the You Gotta Love It. And uh, maybe in this week's show notes, I'll include photos of Andrew as a hot dog and me as a hamburger. There you go. A sexy hot dog and a sexy hamburger, though. True. You neglected. You left that part out. Well, but somebody else said sexy. Yeah, it's true. But I'm just saying that finished product cannot, cannot be denied that that's what the finished product <laughs> ended up being. Can't deny the sexiness? Can't deny it. Okay. Well, so the you gotta love it for the week is, as I said at the top of the show, a true you gotta love it. It's right? a fucking stinker, man. Yeah. But you know what's funny though? Uh, so I watched like exactly half of this movie, mm-hmm. turned it off. I was just furious. I was livid, and I was like, I'm really having a hard time with this. So I'm gonna break this up by watching Dirk Gently. I watched episode one of Dirk Gently, and then I, and and then, and you were kind of like egging me on. You were like, "Ah, oh, man, you can't give up." You yeah. know, that's not what we're about here. At you gotta love it. You gotta persevere. And I, I was I, like, "All right." I also so, told you that uh, it would all be worth it in the end. Yeah, that wasn't true though. No, it wasn't. It was well. <laughs> no, it wasn't true. But when I went back to this movie, I was like, "Wow, this is like a shitty version of Dirk Gently." Not because they're at all alike in terms of the quality or even the plot. Yeah. But Dirk Gently, episode one, is just about a bunch of random shit happening that you later come to discover is connected. My boss's daughter is about a bunch of random shit happening. Period. Well, so in Dirk Gently, the idea is that even in the episodes that we've seen uh there are some things that seem random and have not been explained right but you know based on the way the show is already going that uh you know it's all going to be connected somehow in the end Mm. with my boss's daughter uh even while watching the movie i knew that it would not be connected in the end it's it is essentially like one of those you know scary movie or not another teen movie or one of those where it's just a bunch of random scenes pasted together that could have been put together in almost any order right and that still would have made the same movie can you imagine there's a couple scenes where he interacts with his boss's daughter that you know why was this movie even fucking called it should just been called like my boss's house yeah or like my boss and me house sitter House sitter? Oh. See, that would have completely reframed this movie. Yeah. It's just like... The sit? I described it as being written by a bag of cats. It's very like... It's... Fuck, man. Oof. Like, we're... Okay. You need to help give some structure 
to this part of the episode because okay. I'm having trouble formulating my Yeah, thoughts. yeah. So essentially the movie is about Ashton Kutcher um, who is down on his luck. It's another down yeah, on his luck. He's not story. even like down on his luck. He's just a doormat. Yeah. He's working at like a good company. Well, no. So he he's working in the financial side of a company that clearly also does creative and wants to be a creative. And that scene with him and his friends on the subway mm-hmm. i was like okay this is going to be like a silly 90s comedy he gets that briefcase and like the like gay porn or whatever pops out and, and you're like uh, <laughs> yeah but it's kind of you're like okay you know like it's it's dumb but whatever right like whatever okay. you think it's going to be one of those off the wall kind of fairly brothers-esque whatever yeah that's something stuff. about mary yeah um but even then, there's some characters in this movie that ground it. There's an everyman, you know? Yeah. And Ashton Kutcher is not the everyman. He's the guy who has aspirations or whatever, which could could have been the everyman, but the way that he plays it is also slapstick. Yeah. So anyway, um, he wants to get this promotion to work in creative. Uh, and then he gets to work and realizes his boss is an absolute crazy person and he's in love with his boss's daughter or infatuated with his boss's daughter. Um, his boss's daughter wants to go to this party this weekend. Tara Reed. Tara Reed, yes. Wants to go to this a party this weekend, uh, but is tasked with house-sitting her dad's house. And she implies that, uh, you know, I, I don't know. She implies that they would be going to the party together. Yeah. She's like, so, you know, like, what do you think? Like, do you know... Yeah. Are you interested kind of thing being very vague, but he just assumes that it's about going to the party, but it's actually to house sit in her stead. Right. Oh. Any rational person would believe that it's about going to the party. I think yeah. that conversation. And and then it turns out that the boss is a maniac. He says mm-hmm. yes, ends up house sitting this house and everyone surrounding the house is a maniac, but not even just a maniac to the <laughs> point where like there are zany characters in a movie, which they are. But they don't even obey the laws of the world. Yeah. Like if people are just walking in and out of this house yeah. without a care. With it, no real reason to be there. Like the reasons were so like they didn't think that they needed them. Like it was like, okay, well, the girl that gets fired shows up to talk to her boss. Fine. But I'll, I'll even give you that. I'll sure. Like no one in their right mind would do that, but I'll give you yeah. that. And yeah. even the interaction with her like crazy boyfriend, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll throw that one in for free. Okay, you can have that. But then all what of a sudden, Carmen Electra and uh, well, that, Champ Kind. So that's it. All of a sudden, this this lady who's, and the black guy who I don't think had a name. No, did he have a name? <laughs> His name was Robert Paulson. Um, <laughs> but then all of a sudden, she decides to stick around the house, even though the boss isn't there, and they've kicked out the boyfriend or whatever. But then she invites people to this house. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what? And also. The weirdest, like her f- group of friends is Champ Kind. Yeah. And fucking Carmen Electric. Like, and then just this random black guy. Like, it was like the weirdest. It was like they just needed character. They were like, okay, let's get some kooky characters. We want like a, you know, the sexy, like porn star type. Yeah. And then we're going to get like an even redneckier redneck than her original boyfriend. And then we got to have a black guy in there. So that's what her group of friends is going to be. Right. You know, like it was like they didn't anyway, whatever. Even still, then there's even crazier shit that happens. Like fucking Andy Richter. 
Yeah. Who? Okay. Well, here, let me just. Is the estranged, but like, fuck. We have Ashton Kutcher, Tara Reid, Carmen Electra, Terrence Stamp, which is the the boss. Mm. Andy Richter, Molly Shannon is the crazy, crazy girl from the office. Crazy girl from the office. Uh, Michael Madsen. Yeah. Who is like a drug dealer, I guess. Yeah. Fucking this guy. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He, wasn't he in a boy band back in the day? I like, he was in boy band, but he was in lots of lots of stuff like this. No. He was in like lots of like American Pie type shit. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he was in a boy band like... Um, what's the one that Marky Mark's brother was in? I don't know. O-Town. No, before Boys that. Boys Town. Before that. 98 Degrees. NSYNC. Way, way, way before that. Backstreet Boys. No. He predates Backstreet Fun- Boys. Funky Bunny. He was in something before Marky Mark. Anyway, there's no way he's like 14. No, not before Marky Mark. Oh, at the the same time as Marky Mark was another boy band that was like, uh, you'll know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Jeffrey Tambor's in it, which is, which is the, the dad from, um, Arrested Development. Kenan Thompson is in this movie. He's very, he looks very young. Yes. And I, I put this in my notes, actually. The guy from Breaker High is in it. Yeah. Isn't he the crazy boyfriend yeah yeah he's uh what's his name who's the famous actor that was in breaker hive ryan gosling yeah ryan gosling's like buddy chubby uh buddy oh man and he's got enough like his character alone you would think would have enough like sexist racist behavior yeah oh the black man's name is daryl according to this interesting in the movie his name is daryl uh yeah, and just like, you know, it's one of the, like, when I was watching this movie, I was like, I know that there's just like a, there is a a sort of section of comedy movies that still come out to this day that I just don't normally watch that are full of this sort of juvenile uh, uh, new race. Kid, new Kids on the Block. Wasn't he a new kid? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Ra- like racist, sexist, stereotypical humor that you know, is like just like the most banal fucking just, I'm so over it. You know, it's like, like 12 year old boys in the nineties and earlier would find this shit funny. And now the fact that they're still making movies like this Mm -hmm. to this day, this movie's 2003. So it's 14 years old, but still it's like not an excuse for like the, it's just so fucking like, I can't even. I can't even. There is one thing that I loved about this movie. Tell me. Mm. Uh, it was that, and I kind of, I feel like this would have fixed the movie if if it went like full Tim and Eric, basically. Okay. The scene when they're cleaning up, which makes no sense at all. Yeah, yeah. They fucking destroy this house, you know? Their car, a car crash, like crazy party and then for no reason at all they're not being paid they're yeah. not getting anything in return they came in and were super disrespectful and were like stealing shit and breaking shit and drinking yeah they're just like there's just like this like you know this bad pop rock like montage where like everybody's all now pitching in literally right. with no explanation like it just jumps well, into it but here's the thing the reason why that is funny is because it's like a trope that happens in movies that yeah. like you wanted to play on that trope. It felt self-aware almost. But the reason why it's a trope is because of shitty movies like this. Exactly. But that, so this this sequence felt, even though I knew it wasn't, 
I was able to trick myself into believing that it was like a self-aware sequence that yeah. was making fun of itself. Yeah, yeah. And then within that sequence, Daryl, mm-hmm. the black character who we have barely seen do anything in this movie, is yeah. just he just randomly starts eating stuff. Like he's like cleaning he's, fluids and stuff. Yeah, he's like clean. What is he? He's he, like spraying a glass or something. Well, like so that. he like first drinks a bottle of yeah. like floor cleaner. <laughs> And then he eats dirt yeah. that's been from a spilled plant. <laughs> yeah. And then he and, and then there's like a, a dye that they use. It's like to a like, polish. It's like, yeah, a, like, yeah. like wood polish or something. And he like <laughs> he puts like the like dip thing in his mouth like a lollipop. And then he looks but, at it. Yeah. <laughs> but what's <laughs> hilarious is that the camera work in each of these shots, it'll like show people like cleaning up. And most of the shots are normal. But then every time it shows him, it's like this slow zoom in. And he's yeah. like his eyes are just super bulged and he's like kind of looking around to make sure nobody's looking. And then he just like scoops the dirt in his mouth by the end of the shot. It's so close. Like, and the, the thing with, it just seemed like, I don't know whose input, like it seemed totally out of character for the movie, but it, it hit like that, like right. hot rod fucking like Tim and Eric, like we're just fucking weird ass. I was like, what is happening? And I will admit that I laughed at that part as moronic as it was, mostly because I was so fed up with the rest of the movie that... Well, so I'll say this. I was in the same boat that I was so fed up by the movie that by the end, it actually started to get funny because... <laughs> it was just so... But there, there's a point where even movies that are crazy like this, like let's say, I don't know, Shallow Hal or um, mm. uh, the, the fucking movie where uh, Any Adam Matt, movie? Matt Damon is like, uh, conjoined twin you know what I'm talking about <laughs> anyway uh, yeah okay, just like on. there's a point where after the climax of the movie things get bad and they like you know they start to like build up that relationship again they, they work out their differences and it's kind of at that point it starts to get serious like by the end of the movie as things are resolving the the like slapstick hilarity is over yeah uh, characters are starting to like grow and learn from from and their I mistakes. Generally, hate comedies like that. Like, sure, I like I prefer my comedy to just be like comedy in the true sense of the word all the way through. I'm not saying I don't like any movies that are like that, but like to me, it's much funnier where if the ending because a comedy is essentially you're laughing at other people's misfortune, right? But you look at movies like even even comedies that i think we can all agree on whatever it be 40 year old virgin or yeah. uh knocked up or something they all yeah. have this where the yeah. characters those are examples of ones where there's a resolution and i'm okay with it sure but they all learn something at the end and there's a point where it gets serious this movie at no point even when those moments happen because there are those serious moments of real realization it's still peppered with slapstick comedy like when Andy when he, Richter and the sister are sitting in the bedroom yeah, talking and about... Yeah, the dad is like on the eaves trough and all, like... And he overhears them like... And he realizes like, oh, maybe I wasn't the best dad or whatever. <laughs> the like garbage bag that was... Uh, anyway, it's yeah. just like it gets... It's it's never... St- even, even at the very end when he's chasing her down in the airport. And she's just like, but... And he's like, no, let me finish. Yeah. You know, it just like it's Fuck, so man. over the top. And then, uh, and then, uh, what's his name? Peas on his shoe. Oh. The other guy that we didn't mention that is also in this movie. No, we mentioned him. Michael Madsen. No, not Michael Madsen. The the comedian who fuck. Why can't I think of his name? He's only in the very beginning on the train. Then he gets fired. 
before Ashton Kutcher. Oh, goes Dave, in. Dave Thank Foley. Thank you, Dave Foley. Fuck, what a brain fart. Yeah. When he's like peeing on his shoe at the end, he's like, I'm trying, just trying to keep my job. You're just like, fuck, man. Yeah. Like, right through to the end. Also, the music was fucking terrible in this yeah. movie. So, it almost felt like uh, this, this, is, this is like a pretty drastic, but if you take out all the, the characters and just replace them with real people and it's live action instead of a cartoon, it almost felt like an episode of Clone High, but just with regular people and not as funny. So, so it, it's just these situations where like things are always happening. A character will always walk in and, and say something stupid and crazy and you laugh because it's like, I don't know, ADD Gandhi doing his like weird thing in the yeah. middle of like a, what would be a scene where Abe confesses his love or something. Yeah. But like it doesn't translate. It's so it's really terrible. And also, I mean, fucking whatever. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> this is up there. This it's is definitely for me. I it might even like this is upper echelon. You gotta love the yeah, material. This is like this might this might take the unlovable title for me right now. Like it's sitting at the top, easily top three. Well, this is easily definitely number three. one of year two. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, we so, just started year two, but like we started with a bang. Because fucking good for you. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, you, you did, did it. You did it. <laughs> you fucking did it. I mean, and we it, haven't watched The Cobbler yet, so who knows? But oof, it just, well, it's going to probably be very much in the same vein. But mm -hmm. this was like, this was bad. It was really bad. Um, mm hmm. And yeah, I think the only thing that saved it was that at this point, you just get exhausted. It's like it's like American politics right now, you know? Yeah. The movie gets you to a point where if you're if you're treating it like a marathon, you just push through at some point. Like two thirds of the way through the movie, you're just like, ah, oh, well, I made it this far and it's just continuing to get more ridiculous, so I might as well just laugh. You know? Yeah. You just, your brain turns off and you just kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really bad though. Really, really bad. I think, <sighs> I, I think once again, I've said this like dozens of times on the show, but it's really hard to do and it's not the only thing necessary to fix something like this. Mm -hmm. But I honestly think that if more movies were just self-aware that it, it, it changes a lot. Like this movie needs a lot of work, but I'm just saying like the moments where, like during that mo that cleanup montage, yeah. the only reason that that felt funny to me yeah. was because I've seen so many movies that have that before seeing this movie yeah. that like it felt like it was poking fun at itself and that was the only time where it felt like that. Sure. I don't think that's what it was doing, but had the whole movie had flashes of that where it was kind of like, okay, we realize that this situation could basically only happen in a movie this moronic. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and especially with that cast, like you would think that there could have been just a little bit more fucking, I don't know. Anyway, it's like a mixture of people that are just in mostly terrible shit, but then some people that you're just like, what are you doing in this movie? Yeah. Most of them, like a lot of SNL alum, I think. And just, I, I don't know. There's definitely, a lot better could have been done here anyway. without a doubt. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there was any saving that film. 
There's a few things that I love, but altogether, I would say that don't watch it. Oh, one other thing that I loved. Did you get my one? Did, did you see that message I sent you? Did you notice that song? Like, there's like bare naked ladies. Yeah. Like, is it like on the soundtrack and stuff? Many times. Yeah. I don't know who this band was, but I think it's during that cleanup scene. Yeah. At the very end, there's like a crossfade as yeah. the music is fading out. And it, I wasn't really paying attention, but it sounded like a very tame top 40, you know, PG 13 really bland song sure but then at the end it just sounds like they just all of the guys in the band just go fuck yeah oh like no in it like kind of at different times sort of just as the song was fading out and i like rewound it i mean i didn't fucking look up the lyrics online or yeah. figure out what the song was but i rewound it like two or three times and it really sounds like that's what's happening and it's so out of place like it's <laughs> so out of place that it was just like i really hope that's what it was because if so, that's yep. that's one less knock in a series of like 10,000 knocks against this movie. Anyway. Do you have any recommendations for the week? Uh, I do. I could do a couple, but should I just do one? What do you think? Sure, yeah. Hit me with one. Save the rest for later. So uh, when I was in Japan, I... Oh, wait. You went to Japan? Yeah. Go on. Yeah. When I was in Japan, I uh, did some record shopping. And uh, went a little overboard. But one of the things that I was looking for was specifically... The soundtrack to the movie Overboard? No. But I did get some pretty hilarious stuff like a 12-inch single of Do the Bartman. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, which wow. is, a, is a gift for <laughs> Dave Murray. I sent a photo to our, our group in our group chat when I was like digging and they were just, and Dave was just like, get that for me. And I was like, well, I was going to get it for myself, but it probably makes more sense for you to have it. Uh, there was also like a 12 inch single of the theme song from the movie steel featuring Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. A lot of funny shit. Anyway, I went there looking for uh, Japanese hip hop and Japanese instrumental hip hop. Cause they have like a pretty storied history. Yep. I found a lot of it and I bought a lot of it, but one that kind of, I probably got the most of, one of the the potentially more well-known artists uh, was a gentleman who went by the name uh, Nujabes. Uh, he is, he passed away uh, quite a few years ago, a number of years ago now. Okay. Um, I think it was like a car accident, but he uh, he was a pretty prolific producer he did the soundtrack. He did a, he did a lot of work on the soundtrack for Samurai Champloo. Cool. Which we've mentioned on the show. It's just like a very jazzy-inspired uh, way of producing or style of production, I guess, for hip-hop. Yeah. Lots of, like, flute and, you know, kind of, like, high-life guitar-type stuff. Anyway, that would be my recommendation. Uh, if, if you can... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I mean, it's certainly hard to find in stores here, which is why I bought so much of it when I was over there, but... You know, you could look it up on YouTube or SoundCloud, and I think there's a couple albums on most streaming services. Right. Yeah, I think he has three independent albums, but he did a lot of production work with his company, uh, his label, Hideout, Hideout Productions. But yeah, so maybe we can queue up a, a new job song. Sure. Because um, it's nice and mellow, you know? You go out and enjoy the, the nice weather that we're experiencing now, and uh, don't watch the movie we just watched and listen to this music instead and just have a really really mellow day yeah once you're done come inside and play the video game shovel knight mm. um 
Most people who are familiar with video games have probably heard of it, but if you haven't, because uh, it's not it's not like it was a huge blockbuster success, but it was a success in that it was an indie game that somewhat made it big. Um, it is available on pretty much all systems, PS4, Xbox One, um, PC, 3DS. Game Boy Advance? Um Maybe. Super Famicom. I played it on 3DS myself. What about Sega Saturn? Um, no. I don't know about Sega Saturn, but I'm, I'm sure we could hack it together on Dreamcast somehow. 32X? Uh, it'd probably fit on a 32X cartridge. It'd probably fit on an NES cartridge. Mm. Or at least an SNES cartridge for sure. Master System, though. Be cool. Maybe. A little yeah. Altered Beast action afterwards. Yeah, Virtual Boy. Anyway. Uh, sorry, go on. It is kind of... Uh, it, it pays homage to uh, sort of, I want to say, Mega Man slash Mega Man X type deal. Okay. You are a knight with a shovel, as the name would you know, lead you to believe. But uh, you kind of go through the levels, and you have two types of attacks. You have the you know, slashing motion with the shovel, or you can, if you jump and press the down arrow, you put the shovel underneath you, and... You can, you know, bounce off certain enemies or whatever. So it's kind of one of these games where, like, it's a side-scroller like Mega Man with ladders and all that shit where, like, you might jump to a platform and then there's, like, a, 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 you know, a bird monster swooping back and forward here and there's a ladder up there that you don't necessarily have to get to, but, like, obviously there's some sort of bonus if you get there. And if you can time it right, you can jump. Bounce, off, bounce the off the bird and grab the ladder and it's all that type of shit. And it, it's like a Mega Man X type thing in that each level you can find a chest that will give you a different ability mm. to allow you to do stranger things and get into stranger areas. And then there's also a town that you can go to almost like the second Zelda game for a regular Nintendo. You know, a side scroller, you go into town, you can buy new armor and uh, train yourself in new abilities and stuff. It's a uh, it's a great indie game, and I strongly suggest if you guys like video games, you check it out. Fucking all right. Next week, next week, I think we're gonna watch The Cobbler. As are you gotta love it, Adam Sandler Netflix original, The Cobbler. Yeah. And the movie, The Discovery, as the hidden gem. Robert Redford Word. and uh, Jason Siegel, Jason Siegel and uh, Social Network, girl from Social Network, Rudy Mara. She was in that movie. You're looking at me like I don't know what you're talking about. She was in that movie. Okay, wait, what? Rudy Mara was in Social Network. Yeah. Oh yeah, I knew that. I didn't know she was in this. I thought it was the one Olsen sister for some reason. No. It's uh, any final thoughts? Go to Japan, man. Yeah. It's the fucking. Coolest, most magical place on earth. And if you can't make it there, go to buns.com. Shout buns. <laughs> okay, I can't follow that up. Let's end on that note. No, you're going to shout out somebody? I was just going to shout, shout out everybody that uh, made the Japan trip happen because it was awesome. If if you're listening, Tokyo Booger Patrol and, uh, and I guess the JBS crew I met a lot of cool people at a bar called JBS. Yeah, inspired us to open our own speakeasy coming soon. Yeah, stay tuned. All right, guys, until next week, keep loving it. <laughs>